For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, Bird Gang? This is Darren Sproles here. I just want to thank you all for tuning in to Eagles Brawl, the Brawl Network. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. This is a Brawl Network production. You're listening to the Eagles Brawl Podcast. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! Here to take you on the road to victory. It's Connor Miles, Ed Cross, Johnny Page, and Tyler Steege. Thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Brawl Network, however you're listening. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Co-host Connor Miles here with another edition of Quick Hits. I just wanted to give some uh, some feedback of what I thought about the Pittsburgh versus the Philadelphia Eagles matchup. And uh, get into some some little news that I just... Stumbled across of and got verified, and now I know I had to bring it to the podcast and report it right away. So that's what I'm going to do right now. We're going to lead right into it right away. I'm going to get right into that news. So if if you're waiting for this episode just to hear the news, you're in luck. I'm going to start off the episode with it. So after you hear it, you could either just tweet it out and stop the episode, or you can keep listening through. I would appreciate it if you keep listening through. That's how we get paid to feed our families. But if not, I understand. I will start off with. The news, and that is, of course, Lane Johnson and his injury. He reportedly has their initially the initial fear with Lane Johnson is he has a broken shin. Broken shin. Now, I found out this info. I texted our Eagles Brawl insider Ed Cross about this info that I received. He went out of his way to contact Lane Johnson's agent. And I will read for you verbatim what I was texted by Ed Cross. Initially thought it might be broken, then heard it might not be, but still waiting to hear from Dr. Anderson for that second opinion that Lane Johnson ended up getting. He told me he would let me know as soon as the report came back. So I'm still waiting for his agent to reaffirm what I've been hearing to Ed Cross. But so far, that is the initial fear is that Lane Johnson has a broken shin which would obviously affect the rest of his season. So now the Eagles go into it with just Jason Kelsey being their lone starter along the offensive line from last season. Brandon Brooks is out, still an option to return later into the season, which I did report for Section 215. And as we all know, if you have been following me before this podcast or while doing this podcast, he did reply to that tweet with Kim Kardashian gif of looking around the corner. So, again, his season is still 
in question if he does come back to play. I guess it just depends where the Eagles are at the end of the year because the earliest you see him is January, and they have to be a playoff team to, for them to even consider bringing Brandon Brooks back. Other than that, it's looking like the shin's going to be broken for Lane. Jack Driscoll's your starter at right tackle. Isaac Sayomalo's injury is probably worse than what was originally reported. You don't know at that point where he's going to come back anyways. Uh, Mike K made it sound like it's a little more serious than what was initially thought, but he's out for a while. And then Jason Peters, even if he comes back, wasn't playing that great of football to begin with. He, it was benchable kind of football. Jordan Mulata is kind of making us forget about Jason Peters at this point anyways. But now you're you're just looking at a whole entire a whole new offensive line, a whole entire new unit. Still building some chemistry. Matt Pryor is a liability at this point. He's probably your weakest link on the all night offensive line. Even with Jack Driscoll coming in, the the tough thing is he has to play next to Matt Pryor with the way that he's been playing lately. That's a tough assignment. I'm interested to see if the Eagles, if Matt Pryor continues to struggle, gets to the point where Jason Peters comes back, they put him at right guard where they were initially signed him to see if they could help out the offensive line or if they start Jamon Brown, who they signed off the Bears practice squad to be the left guard and move Nate Herbig back to right guard. Because I think at some point you have to talk about Matt Pryor being an issue. But that's where we're at right now. That's It looks like Lane Johnson season is on the line right now with a, a broken shin. He's getting a second opinion per his agent to Ed, which I think was just an agent not wanting to give a reporter the 100% report unless he gets the 100% diagnosis back but from all intents and purposes it looks like it's a broken shit for Lane Johnson that's what I've been told that's what the initial report came back they're getting a second opinion from Dr. Anderson they're waiting for the results of the second opinion I'm not going to be too optimistic at this point we all know the Eagles injury is not to be optimistic I'm just going to go forward and assume from what I heard it, it is a broken shit for Lane Johnson so the injuries pile on. The Eagles lose another big-time starter. We all know what the Eagles are. And Lane Johnson doesn't play. They're an under-500 football team. We'll see how they get to go. The best thing is, like I said, it, Jack Driscoll looks like a good player. He was drafted to be the Big V replacement. I think already he's shown he could be a better player than Big V. I know it's early to say, but he looks way more polished. And again, this is a this is a rookie that did not have a real offseason, did not have preseason to lean on, did not have real offseason OTAs. This guy looks legit. He's always one of the bright spots that we always talk about is Jack Driscoll when he plays. We'll see how it goes with him. At least they're in a better position than they were in years prior if Lane Johnson was not out there on the football field. I think we can – I know a lot of people like Big V. I know he had some fans here. He was – on the Super Bowl team when he played left tackle, I, I don't think it's too early to say that Jack Driscoll looks like a more talented player than Big V. I think the Eagles are in better hands than they've ever been when Lane Johnson doesn't play, but it still hurts. It's still going to be affecting them. Still going to show along that offensive line. The chemistry is just not, it's going to take more time now, even more. It's just a tough situation. At least they have Jeff Stoutland. We're at the point where we could just say, you know what, Jeff Stoutland, here's a guy. Work with him, get him out there, and show us a way he can be serviceable. We trust you, and he has every right to be trusted for that. He's one of the best position coaches in the NFL. Well, moving on, 
We're done with the Lane Johnson news. I reported again. I've heard from a source. Took my info to Ed Cross, our Eagles Brawl Insider for works for Sports Illustrated, covers Eagles for Sports Illustrated. He reached out to Lane Johnson's agent. Lane Johnson's agent confirmed that was the initial fear, but he is getting a second opinion to clarify that even more. There is room for optimism on their side. Again, I think that's just agent talk. I do think this is a broken ship for Lane Johnson. So that is the news that I was hinting at on Twitter and reporting for the show. But let's get into the let's get into what I thought about the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Pittsburgh Steelers that lost. I think it was encouraging. I tweeted it out. Uh, a lot of people seem to agree. Some people thought I was being ridiculous, and some people asked me, "Did we watch completely different Eagles games?" And I get it. You know, when that defense, that bend and don't break defense, when it breaks. When it bends and it breaks, it breaks, folks. It looks bad. And I don't know if Jim Schwartz knows what to do in that situation when it does break. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger did audible into that touchdown pass at the end to Chase Claypool. But it was, uh, you could have done that. If you're listening to this show right now and you were in the, the Pittsburgh Steelers huddle and you're behind center, you're snapping the ball with a shotgun and you see Nate Gary line up on Chase Claypool with the safety looking like he's completely confused who's supposed to be the safety hill that Nate Gary clearly expected to have. You're going to target Chase Claypool, especially when he's so hot going into this game. He That was his fourth touchdown. Now, my issue is Nate Gary didn't even bump him, though. Nate Gary expected the safety hill to be there. You can obviously tell with the way he reacted, but, I mean, you have to at least bump the guy, make some kind of contact with the guy to jam him and slow him up. He didn't. He just... Moved aside like a revolving door. Once again, Nate Gary looks awful. Shocker. But when this, like I said, when this bend and don't break defense, that mentality, when it breaks, oh, awful. Awful. They have so many injuries, but Marcus Epps clearly shows you he should not be out there at this point. He's shown you that numerous times. Same with Nate Gary. I don't know why they can't play Clayball Wallace. I don't know why Sean Brownlee's relegated to four snaps a game when he started the game off in the red zone with great run recognition. Alex Singleton already looks like your best tackling linebacker. Just let these guys play. I don't know what the point is. Clayball Wallace, the more experience you get him on the field, the better results could be long-term. This might have to be your long-term option at safety. You don't know. I, I would prefer you try to figure out these the answer to that. From the defensive standpoint, uh, after the first quarter, I, the defensive line wasn't there. These last two games, when they have 13 sacks and 33 quarterback hits before going into the Sunday matchup, we were pretty, Jim Schwartz was starting to get some praise. He was starting to get some Maybe Jim Schwartz is not Jim Schwartz's fault. Maybe maybe some people are wrong. No, it is. It is. There's a common problem here, and it's, it is Jim Schwartz. I mean, that was the Steelers' first time putting up 30-plus points. Steelers offense is first time putting up 30 plus points since 2018. Why do I feel like we hear stats like that? We hear first time since, first time since. And it's always something against the Eagles defense. It's always a player doing that against the Eagles defense. Jim Schwartz, it's coaching. It's coaching at this point. To watch Brazil Douglas. Go over to Carolina and be a strict press 
press corner and, you know, look pretty good at it. To watch Sidney Jones come out of nowhere for Jacksonville yesterday uh, on Sunday, get four pass deflections and, an, and a really clutch diving interception against Deshaun Watson, a very good quarterback. And just to realize that the Eagles are forced to put Jalen Mills back at, at corner because of the lack of quarterback that they have. Craig James, a glorified special teamer, taking important snaps for you when, when Darius Slay is out. I don't know. It's, it's coaching at this point, folks. Like It's, it's just coaching. Any defense... Uh, look, I've said this to a couple people this week, and I want to reiterate it for the podcast for all listeners. If you invest a ton of money into one position, you're either doing that, A, because that's a, a, a position group you put the emphasis on for your team to win, which is what the Eagles do with the defensive line. And B, you're getting talent. You must be getting talent. If you're spending a lot of money at that position, you must be getting talent. And the Eagles are. Malik Jackson's very talented. Javon Hargrave's very talented. Butcher Cox is one of the best interior linemen in the league. Brandon Graham, Super Bowl hero, very talented. Josh Sweat looks like he's very young and talented. Derek Barnett shows some promise sometimes, you know. You, you get the good and the bad with him. He looks like an average player no matter what. But, again, has some talent. Jim Schwartz being the defensive coordinator for this team does not affect the defensive line's talent. It does not affect what the defensive line will do going forward without him. They will be just fine. They will produce. There's too much talent there. There's too much resources spent there. There's too much long-term contracts there. Jim Schwartz has not made that defensive line. That was just a, a group that they put the emphasis on when they hired him. It will continue to thrive when he leaves. They basically hired Jim Schwartz because he came in here saying that he wanted to do exactly what Jim Johnson did with Andy. Not what, exactly what Jim Johnson did. Let me rephrase that. They wanted to do the wide nine, put a ton of money and draft picks into a defensive line and make it work. And it, it won a Super Bowl. I mean, it did. It won a Super Bowl. But again, it still was a bended don't break defense, and the offense was scoring a lot of them. Tom Brady chopped 500 on them. We're getting to a point where we're in a passing era of league, and yet every team, the Eagles seem to go against the majority of the times. Passes all over them. The bend and no break is great. In the red zone, when you stop them and you want them to do a field goal, yeah, I, I enjoy those times. But when you expect your defense to make a last-minute play and Nick Gary is lined up on a on a hot wide receiver with hot hands and he doesn't, he doesn't even bump him at the, line, at, at the line or doesn't bump him on the route, Let's him go like a revolving door. Why should I be confident? And my coach, the defensive coordinator, allows it. They don't bench him for that type of play. They just say, you know what? Get him next time. How is that going to work? How do you fix your team that way? How do you get better? Nate Gary doesn't make you better. Marcus Epps doesn't make you better. I, I just don't know what Jim Schwartz. I don't know what it is. I'm just on. Though. I'm all out. Oh, wow. If it was up to me at this point, I'd fire Jim Shorts. 
I say we need to change. We need a rejuvenation. We need a different voice. I know the Eagles aren't going to do this, but I'm just saying this is what I do. And I promote Marky Manuel, the defensive coordinator, who gets a ton of credit for making that 2016 Falcons secondary look damn good. You make the coverage plays. You, excuse me, you make the coverage play calls. You call plays on defense. You show a little bit more man. Not so much zone. Let's see what happens. That's what I would do. Evaluation process from here on going out. You're one three and one. You play Baltimore this weekend. Your schedule doesn't look that great. Your division is incredibly winnable. That's why I know you don't make these crazy changes at this point. But I mean, that's you go into the playoffs. You go one and done, and you fire Mike Groh because the offense is stale. You have to fire Jim Schwartz if the defense is stale. You have to. Putting up 30-plus to the Rams, 30-plus to the Steelers, tying with the Bengals, losing to Washington. Like, come on. Mark killed the defense for Washington. Let me rephrase that. The Rams, the Bengals, and now Pittsburgh. It, something's got to change. It's got to be the defensive coordinator. But let's move on. Let's segue into something because we're going to have a big week this week with coverage. Uh, Philly, Philly Sports with Giovanni will have Derek Gunn on this week. Also has Nick Ertz, Zach Ertz, his brother on. Then he'll also do an episode with me. We'll be talking Eagles this this past matchup. The one going into weekend versus Baltimore. Have that all covered on Philly Sports with Giovanni this week. Then we also have on Thursday, I believe we're going to do it. I, I want to say either Wednesday night or Thursday we'll air an episode with I sit down with our Eagles Brawl Insider, Ed Cross. We'll get more into this Lane Johnson news. We'll talk about the team a little bit more. Full out info from us. Whole entire week. Let's like way into Travis Fulgham. The Travis Fulgham game. 10 catches, 152 yards, and one touchdown. The first 10 catch, 150 plus yard game for an Eagles wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin. Folks, Carson Wentz might have found the guy he trusts. He might have found the wide receiver that he knows will get the ball no matter what. And we, I, I personally thought it was Greg Ward. But ever since that touchdown pass, when Fulham was getting in San Francisco, when Fulham was getting held by Deonta Johnson and still Wentz let that thing soar in the air knowing his guy will go up and make the play, and then he did. That has now created a pathway into what Carson Wentz feels about Travis Fulham right now. All the confidence in the world with him. He targeted him in completely tight windows. He put the ball where only he knew his guy can get it, and guess what? Travis Fulham did it. He got those catches. He did not drop passes. He looked great. Like everybody's saying, and I will reiterate it, Travis Fulham looks like everything the Philadelphia Eagles wanted in J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and more. They, It's early, but Carson Wentz clearly trusts him, and Carson Wentz is at the point of his career when a wide receiver shows hot hands, when a wide receiver is playing continuously well, even if it's just a two-game stretch. You have to continue to ride the hot hands. You have to continue targeting that wide receiver. I don't see the Carson Wentz-Travis Fulham connection 
slowing down anytime soon. Even if when you bring Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey back, I don't see it happening. I think Travis Fulgham is going to end the season being Carson Wentz's number one wide receiver. I think the Eagles have something special in Fulgham. I really do. Because it wasn't just, let's, let's focus on the Steelers secondary. Is it a great unit? No, but it's a very good unit. Joe Hayden, awesome. Greg Ward had the touchdown on him, though, and that was great. Like I said, I, I picked Greg Ward to be the Eagles sleeper DFS pick. I picked him to be the wide receiver that steps up in this game. I said during the pregame show, the Eagles need a wide receiver to go into this game and step up. Did not think it was going to be Travis Fulham. Did not see that performance coming from him. Nobody did. But wow, it was a what a, what a way for a wide receiver to step up. What a way. I think the Eagles actually have something in Greg Ward and Travis Fulham. And then you could see moving forward where I'm not going to kill John Hightower, uh, a rookie still, and his couple of games in with no preseason, no real way of building a repertoire with his starting quarterback besides a couple of games in with some meaningful play action, playing action. The ball tracking will come. The chemistry will come. I'm not going to kill him until year two when we're talking about week 14 into the season and he does that again, then yeah, then we'll talk. But for now, I'm going to let the rookie live till another day. I think he still has some potential on this team. Quez Watkins, we'll see what he's got going forward. I'm all in on the young guys. Ed Cross, our Eagles Brawl Insider, bringing him up again. But he did write this week that uh, the Eagles should find a way to move on from Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. And I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I don't think those guys have a future with the team at all. I mean, Alshon's missing the game because of an illness. Non-COVID related. I don't know what the regulations are for uh, if a reported illness happens during these COVID periods. If you could even like go anywhere near the team or not. So I don't know if I should properly kill him for it. But I mean, dude, you're trying to win back this organization and the way that they feel about you. You're trying to play for your next team, establish a market so your next team comes out and gets you if or when, because I believe it's going to be when the Eagles move on. And then just for Deshaun, I mean, what are I come to expect it at this point? Yes, he's still fast, but his body can't hold up all entire NFL season. I don't even know if he could hold up more than five games at this point. So instead of focusing on household name guys that really are the has-beens, why don't I start trying to focus on the guys that I don't have a full picture of, I don't have a clear picture of, I don't know what their potential is, but hey, they're young. And for a wide receiver corpse that doesn't have any long-term answers really on it right now or any clear long-term answers on it right now, let me try and see if they can provide me the answers by giving them more playing time, giving them more game action, and not let some veterans on this team that have a really short window, a one-year period of being with the team, eat into that. I'm not going to let them delay their growth, their development. That makes no sense. You're one, three, and one going against the Baltimore team that's really good in Sunday. Yes, your division's winnable, but what has Deshaun Jackson showed you at this point to make you think that he's going to be a major factor helping you win it going forward? Alshon Jeffries made a glass and coming back from a serious Liz Frank injury at the age of 30. And he's a big physical wide receiver that needs his balance, that needs his footing. Why would I be relying on him at this point? Travis Fulton looks great. 
Keep riding that train. Keep riding that hot streak. Greg Ward shows you that he has some sort of reliability. His route running improves every single game. See if he can cart. Even if it's just wide receiver four, that's still a role on this team. That's still depth. That always gets questioned on this team. See if he can continue to get better and carve out a role. See what Quez Watkins can give you. See what John Hightower does with more time adjusting to the game. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, they're just like a white side at this point. Investing any more time in them is just delaying the inevitable and hindering any progress you can make with Carson Wentz and these younger guys with potential. That's just at the point where I'm at. Simple as that. Also thought Carson looked great. I honestly truly did. Now, clearly him and Zach Ertz are not on the same page. I think Zach Ertz is incredibly frustrated. Everybody's focused on the contract. Enough. Enough of the contract. That's not what his focus is right now. Is he frustrated because of it? How it turned out? Yes. Absolutely. From knowing his family, I could firmly say I know that there's definitely some frustration with how the contract talks went. And not only that, I... I, I I don't even have to know his family to know that. You guys know that too. It's been reported everywhere. It was pretty obvious. Sackers came out and even said himself, he thinks it's going to be his last season. He's playing like it's his last season in Philadelphia. And he clearly is. I just don't think they've game planned for him. I think Doug Peterson last couple games, and I think rightfully so in this, has thought, you know, defense is game plan to take Sackers out of the game. I can't game plan around him. I need to find other areas that we can win the football game with because we can't rely on Zach at this point. He's going to be taken out of games. I think that's just where we're at with Zach Ertz and his tenure in Philadelphia. He's the only proven playmaker on this team. He's the only reliable guy. He's the only guy that the defenses take seriously. They mainly, I will say though, Pittsburgh did not focus on him as much as these previous matchups have. San Francisco had some good cover guys, so they didn't really need to. And I think Pittsburgh felt the same way. They they have Micah Fitzpatrick. Micah Fitzpatrick was on Zacherts a lot. And there was some times where he was open. There was some times where the, it's just the play wasn't going for him. The read wasn't there for him. And then when he was there, Carson Wentz was a little inaccurate targeting him. Those guys are just aren't on the same page. They're on the same wavelength. They need to. They need to get there, which is crazy because this is we're talking about Carson Wentz's number one target since he's got to Philadelphia. And they look like they're on the same target. They're on the same page at all. What's crazy, I just think it's the writing's on the wall for Zach Ertz in Philadelphia, I think. Even with Dallas Goddard's injury next year, they go into it. I mean, from all feelings I get from, from both sides and investigated and pushing and asking questions, it, it just seems like it's over. And it seems like the team is playing like it's over with Zach Ertz. That's all I can say on that at this point. That's my feelings on it. I know every Twitter goes in on it. I... Fully appreciate Zach Ertz. Without him, there's no Lombardi in Philadelphia. Best tight end in franchise history. Don't care what anybody says. Would have broken the reset. I mean, he still can, but I don't, I'm not sure it's going to happen at this point. But was in position to be the Eagles all-time leading receptions leader. You don't just, that just doesn't happen if you're not that great of a player. You have to be on Harold Carmichael's level to be that type of player. Zach Ertz in all intents and purposes, is. For all the hate that Philadelphia gives him, for all the the knocks they're giving him right now, he's a great player. 
And without him, there's no Lombardi in Philadelphia. So I'm going to honor my Hall of Fame, my future Hall of Fame tight end. I'm going to speak of him well. But I just believe it is over with him in Philadelphia. And I'm fully expecting more 11 personnel with Dallas Goddard featured as the tight end next year. That's fully what I'm expecting at this point. I think the body language that Zagard shows on the field, the body language that, because even it was pointed out to me by a friend and I saw it myself. And I saw it when I went back to review the All 22. Travis Fulham's touchdown catch. Zach Ertz didn't even celebrate. I just think it's done, guys. I think it's done, and I'm just that's why I'm tired of talking about it because I think it's done. But all right, reported all the news. We'll have a jam-packed week of content on Eagles Brawl. Glad I can get this quick hits out real quick. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and remember where you heard the Lane Johnson news first. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.